Hey, y'all. I'm Allison Asarch from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, I'm Sean Fraser from the Ritzy Kids. Hunters, this is Johnny from Rail Motor. Hey, it's Shane from Blind Season. Hey, it's Rob Stanier, and you can check out my music on all the streaming platforms. Check out my latest music on all the streaming sites. Check out my debut album on all streaming platforms. Check out our new debut album. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And you're listening to our friends, Braggy and Curly. My favorite bands from Australia. My two favorite podcasts is Braggy and Curly. Braggy and Curly. On the Unfiltered. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Unfiltered Undiscovered podcast. Really informal tonight because the gang is back. We got Rossi back from his quiet family holiday over there in Japan. We spoke about that last week, totally disrupted by those lunatics out of psychotic turnbuckles. The um, crazy men who kidnapped crazy guys who kidnapped young children to be their uh, referee. It was just uh, just incredible. And uh, how are you, Rossi? We've missed you. Um, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I'm still just processing what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we got Braggy in Adelaide. How are you, my friend? I'm awesome. It's very cold here today. I've been yeah. batching for a week, so there's dishes in the sink. <laughs> Do you keep good. on ringing the food bell and no one turns up? Yeah, no one shows up. <laughs> Walking around in my jocks all day. It's fantastic. Uh, but, there, but there is cricket. There is cricket to watch. Yeah, there is yeah. cricket. Now, Rossi, I was just saying before to Curly, we're recording this now and the cricket's actually on. If yeah. I could, wouldn't happen if George were playing, would it? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, not yeah. this time of the year. St. George never played this time of year. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and the way there's, that no mad, there's no been, mad Mondays for them either. Yeah. The way St. George have been playing anyway, um, uh, it would not make a difference. Hey, um, no news tonight, but um, I, I guess we want to hear all about. Um, <laughs> He's got the belt. <laughs> we want to hear all about. Uh, Japan, before we get started, uh, Rossi. Uh, Japan is has the most polite people in the world. It is they are delightful. <laughs> we had such a delightful time. The, the the Japanese people, at one stage we got lost, right? We we're trying to find the um the uh, viewing platform to see Mount Fuji. Like you've been yeah. to, you've been to Japan. If you can't find Mount Fuji on the island, you've got big problems, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. We've got lost in a colossal way. We've yeah ended up on the wrong bus. We've ended up in this the, the end of the bus line. There's like all of us sitting on this bus. The bus driver wasn't going to move till we got off. Right, we're trying to talk to him. He couldn't understand a word we said. I've looked up Google Maps and decided that we're going to go back to our point of demarcation where we knew we we're on track and we'd start again. We got all the way back there. Yeah, we're, we're standing there looking lost, and this young woman about twenty came across and she goes. Are you all lost? And we're going, yeah, yeah, we are. Japanese girl. And she goes, right, okay, what are you trying to do? And we told her we want to get to the Mount Fuji viewing platform, which is there. And she goes, okay, I'll show you. So this girl grabbed the whole, whole gang of men and women, yeah. walked us down to the nearest train station, caught the train with us across two stations, walked us down to the bus stop, waited for half an hour till the right bus came, got us on the bus, spoke to the bus driver, and then waved as we drove off. Oh, oh wow. That's awesome. That's and that's the sort of experience we have with Japanese people everywhere we went. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I um, I got lost at Shinjuku Station when we were there <laughs> no. in 2020. Guys, excuse and... me one sec. I just got to do something. Okay, see you, Braggy. <laughs> see you, um, Braggy. And, and you know, Shinjuku is just a madhouse. Like, um, it's like an airport. 
There's 200 entrances and exits. There's mm. eight levels, and it was just full on. And it was the only time in my life that I seriously thought that I would break down and cry. So, um, it, but my wife, who's pretty clever because she ultimately married me, she worked <laughs> out just by looking at maps and whatnot, and um, and we got out of there that day. But from then on, we remembered every time the exit that we came, the entrance that we came in, and the exit yeah. that we knew exactly where we had to go. Well, that's it. Like they say, three million people pass through Shinjuku every day, and mm. and like there's all these private rail lines. That's the problem is that yeah, every is. rail line is privately owned. So so if you want to go from one train to the other, you have to go out their gate and into the gate of the the new station. So or the yeah. new train. So you disregard the names of stations because you can't remember them anyway, and you yeah. go colours and numbers. That's all you can yep. do. Colours yeah, and, and numbers. That's it. Colours and numbers and exits and like like you say. I went to Shinjuku a dozen times and I kept on trying to come out the right way. I could never find out where I was coming. I thought it was around here somewhere. Colours and numbers are going to be hard for a bass player, isn't it? And to get up to four, you only go to four. Well, you do after that. Yeah, I know. Line 16 is like there is no number 16, is there? Is that four times? Do I have to go look that one? That's four bars. It's incredible. And in Shinjuku, it's like a different world if you come out the north side or the oh, south side. Oh, yeah. Well, we're yeah, staying in same. Shinjuku. Yeah. We're staying in the red light district of Shinjuku. And as, yeah. we're walking, as we're walking in for the first time, they've got those speakers in the area going, this is a message from the Shinjuku Police Department. In this area, <laughs> there are touts. The touts will try and encourage you to go to adult entertainment places. If you go with them, you will be ripped off. Please disregard <laughs> touts. <laughs> and they said in like half a dozen languages. I recorded it. I want to, I want to send it to one of my mates as a ringtone. Oh, that's so cool. Did you go to the Golden Guy Gay District? Yeah, we're right next to it. That's what oh, we were right. Oh my god, there. I know exactly Golden. where you were staying. So yeah, we're around the corner from the Godzilla Hotel, the Hotel Gracery. Yeah. We yeah. went up and met Godzilla and just did we did everything we possibly could all the yeah. time. I went to Guitar Street, which is a shop a, a street in Shinjinku, which has Two sides of the road just have guitar shops for the five levels wow. of guitars, uh, and 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 of course, oh look, I ended up bringing a new one home. I was, saw that. Yeah, the Rick Levy machine. Rickenbacker four thousand and three, which nice, which which I first really really loved when I saw Paul McCartney playing one, and I'm going yeah. to see Paul McCartney on Friday night actually. Oh, but oh. Paul McCartney, it's on Joe Jackson's Look Sharp, that yeah. album. The first Midnight Oil album, the second Midnight Oil album, that's all mm -hmm. Rick and Backer. There's so many records I love. And, of course, every Motorhead album of all time, they're just beautiful. I've always wanted one. And when I found it, it was in my hands. And Shona and Angus are like going, you know, you've got to, you've got to buy it. And I'm like, going, I don't know. And they're going, yeah, uh, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Yeah. What a what a right. wonderful wife! You know yeah. you got to buy it. You know you got to buy it. Now now Rossi, it's remiss of me if I didn't say that those uh, pesky turnbuckles were also there at the same time. And and I they believe were. You, I, I believe you went and saw them a couple of times. I did see the turnbuckles because like they've. I work for a management company and they were part of the same company, so I kind of right. know some of those guys. Is that why they follow you everywhere? Ah, uh, look. They're just lunatics, you know. They're just, yeah, I know. They're crazy. They, they, they're more like a football team on an end of year triple A than a rock band, I think. I but, would believe but, that. 
Yes. But Jesse got inducted into the Jap- Japan- Japanese Wrestling Hall of Fame, which was yeah, like he was very he was very proud to be inducted in, and yeah, and yeah, they they defended their title against all comers in Japan, and uh, and they're still yeah, they're now as well as intercontinental. They they <laughs> they own the belt, and they 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 actually took on Godzilla. Yeah. And, oh. And, and Godzilla conceded. The turnbuckles v Godzilla. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they would were, have been a sight to behold. Yeah. It, 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 it was. It was. It was extraordinary. And yeah, like we just tried to keep our distance from them as much as possible. Like we'd see imagine. them coming because you can see the green hair coming a mile off. Here. It's like here come those guys. Like I'm getting out of here. You and Janet just wanted a quiet holiday. So. We did. We did. We, luckily, yeah. So luckily, they the didn't know what hotel we were staying, but, <laughs> and they didn't know what. And Angus kept on disappearing. We couldn't find him a lot of the time. He, he, he was being kidnapped by him, Ross. Oh, you know that. Yeah, they were forcing him into like indentured slavery, making him work. Yeah, yeah, putting and, him on a black and white t-shirt. He's <laughs> wrestling uh, referee, which God. they they like a young referee because then they can do yeah they can do all their tricks and he turns yeah. his back and they hit someone with a chair. Yeah, That's yeah, what they absolutely. Like. Well, there's a belt that they don't get and they will never get uh, Rossi, and that's. Uh, Curly's belt, so <laughs> they'll come looking for it. They now they know that belt exists. They'll come looking for it. I'm not, don't tell them where you live. They'll be back. <laughs> All right. Now tonight yeah. we're doing um, a little bit different. I'm doing the Who Am I, and uh, so I, I I won't have the mi- intro music. And it's the answer, Braggy, Ron Pino. Uh, Brian Eno. Oh shit, no, no, it's like no it. Ron Pino. Ron, no, it's not. Okay. Um, but but it might be Brian Eno. No. Um, so and Braggy's doing his five um, songs of um, oh, I've forgotten the title. Braggy songs of meaning, doing? but it's not That's really it. songs of meaning because it's too hard for that. So it's just five songs that Braggy really likes. Yeah. No, I thought he. Well, yeah, it's five songs that. Uh, Change something. the way change the way I thought about music, maybe. Oh, cool. That's really and going back to Brianino, do you know what his biggest hit was? Oh. I do, but it slips me at the moment. So now his biggest hit was in fact the Microsoft sound. Oh, oh. the sound that booted on Windows was Brian Eno. Oh, the most That's played a great bit of trivia. There you go, right there. That is huge. That is huge. So, Braggy, do you want to kick us off? Um, yeah, okay. With your five songs of meaning. So, what we'll do, we'll do two songs. We'll do a Who Am I? Bit of who am I? Two songs, Who Am I? One song, and the final bit of the Who Am I? How's okay. That sounds I haven't good. I've got a run sheet in front of me. So, we're just. Oh, it. no. Well, here we go. Is there anything that Chaos. Happen? Chaos will ensue. Rossi, great to have you back, mate. Thanks, yeah. man. It's lovely to be here. It's I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> I feel like you're still in, in, at the same tempo as Tokyo. Yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah, it is a high-paced world. Like it is a city that never sleeps. Uh, yeah, and so am I. I was up at five thirty this morning. Uh, yeah, you still uh, at that tempo. Back at yeah. work. Bang. Yeah. Okay, boys. I'm taking you back to. Well, I mean, this song was written in 1968, but for me. I think it's about 1974, so I'm 10 years old. My brother's eight years older than me. He's a basketball player, so he hangs around a lot of Americans. And 
somehow or other he gets hold of all this southern sort of swamp music. And one of the one of the main records is Tony Joe White. So that's kind of the first this is kind of the first time I I I get music. I go I go, oh shit, this is cool. This is a thing. So we're gonna do Tony Joe White poke salad Annie. And I love a story and I love a bit of comedy in music as well. And uh Curly, when you listen to this you might um it might remind you of one of the uh Rail Motor songs. <laughs> Just from the intro. <laughs> Are you hearing that? Full rip. Like those for some folks that came up from Corpus Christi. Now some of y'all that still ain't never been down south. I'm gonna tell you about it one more time. So that you understand what we're talking about. And down there we got a plant. Looks something like a turnip green. Except it ain't. Cause everybody calls it folk salad. That's folk. Now you know a girl live down there. She go out in Enons and pick her a little bit of it. Carry it home and cook it for supper. And if she had any left over, she'd hang it out on the clothesline. Dry it out and smoke it. But she did all right, y'all. I sat down in Louisiana where the alligator grows so mean. The lived a girl that'll sweat to the world. Made the alligator look tame. Oak salad and Salad and everybody said it was a shame Cause her mama was a working on a chain gang A mean vicious woman Every day for supper time Go down by the truck patch Pick her as a poke salad Carry it home in a toe sack, oak salad, Annie. The gator got your granny, chomp, chomp. Everybody said it was a shame, cause her mama was a working on a chain game. A rich spiteful, straight razor toed woman. That is cool, Fraggy. That's now I have I had no idea what they're singing about. <laughs> Straight <laughs> razor tailed woman went down by the truck patch. Yeah. But later on I figured out that uh wherever that where he's from is kind of like North Queensland. It's swampy. 
Mm-hmm. Instead of alligators, they got crocodiles. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. slow and humid. The people are really lovely, but they're a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I that's the first time I've ever heard that song, and you just cannot help yourself but tap along. You know, it's uh, it's just cool. It's just, like even the monologue is just cool. It's just. I mean, that's 1974. I'm listening to that. So on the charts, on countdown, is like Susie Quattro. When I'd go to yep. primary school, or everybody else would be talking about those, and I'll say, "Yeah, but what about Tony Joe White?" And they'd be like, "Who? <laughs> what?" You know, you know, the Hitmen used to cover that song. Really? That's yeah, fucking yeah. Cool. Maswak. Oh. He'd, rip it. He'd let it rip, mate. It was great. Really, really good. Oh, that's like cool it. to know. Yeah, it, it gives it me a little bit cool. more cred. That particular performance, that ba- that rhythm section was smoking. Oh yeah, that's hot. That's hot, eh? And, and Tony yeah. Joe White's just playing was just his superb, voice, man. And yeah, the voice, yeah. like oh, this is for the folks who came up from Corpus Christi. So the Texans had come up. Yeah, you know, like yeah, that's that's it. It. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. So good. All right. So that was that was like the first time you sort of understood what music was. That's the was first time I really liked music. Yeah, I used to because I used to go down. I used to when my brother he'd go away a lot for basketball. I mean, he's obviously eight years old or so. You know, he's like eighteen, so he's already kind of leaving home, going away. Mm. And I would bring my friends from school around and go down to his room and just fucking pull out the record collection. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! So listen to this. Listen to this. So that was it. And then I wanted to get a band together, and that's kind of how it all started. I got a guitar, started playing a few things. So and that's then, stayed with you. That's stayed with you, hasn't it? That's Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That's vibe, that rootsy That style. has, although I went away from it a bit, Rossi, but I'm back with it now, now that my brother's in the band that I'm in, you know, because that's yeah. where it all started for me. So we kind of, let's let's just do that vibe if we can. The mm. touchstone, you know? That's yeah, cool. yeah. So then I was in a band, and then I remember uh, one of the guys I was in a band with, my good friend Darren, who we've had on the show doing his five. We went and we went and watched uh, this other band that was in Townsville. It was a local band called Trademark, just a cover band. But I'd, <laughs> but I'd never, uh, I'd never been up close to see a bit. I'm, you know, I'm only still just at high school, you know. And so we had mm. to get, we watch them rehearse. I remember in a like a demountable building in a school at Kerwin High School and uh, they were playing this next song and and that's when I thought this is not doesn't look that hard I think I can do this I think I think we can I just to be up close to see how the band worked yeah, not, what, yeah. not watching Countdown just to be in front of these guys these older guys playing and rocking out yeah so and this is a band from WA I don't even know. I don't know what really what happened to these guys. Rossi might know, mm. but yeah, and and interestingly, the, this same song was um, it, it went into the charts at some level, but it was interesting because I saw a band called the Skid Marks on the Gold Coast cover this song incredibly yeah. well. A lot of bands in Townsville covered this song and covered another couple of these guys' songs. And I just yeah. love the clip when you watch it. It's a clip from Countdown that the lead singer, that, I mean, he looks like he's fucking 14 or 15. <laughs> he looks younger than Rossi's boy. Right? Yeah. Much younger. And he's and he's wearing a Jackie Hell 
a singlet. He's wearing a wife beater on campus. Is this the boy? Is this the boys? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're the bass player. The drummer ended yeah. up in the baby animals. Ah, now someone told me something about the baby animals. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're, they're Italian boys from Perth. Yeah, yeah. Well, on this clip, though, there's a, one of the comments underneath on YouTube says RIP and it's got two names. Brent, so, yeah. Two, two of them have passed on. Wow. Brent was only, Brent, the lead singer, was only recent. So, right. as in the last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, Great. But they, I, I, I remember this song coming. I rem, if it's the song I think it is, I remember it well. It's the yes. main. Yes. Uh, I hear this now in for a new act from Perth. Here are the boys when you're lonely.
That uh, is a cracker. Aussie rock. I know you a young cannot, you I know a young band that steals that. I know a young band that steals those synchronized jumps too. <laughs> <laughs> I hear so, that song at home a little bit. I'm here to tell you now. This day. And, and can I just say there is no better song in the world to do air guitar to than that song. I reckon Mate, that whole oh. album. That is just the that's, that is the most undiscovered album. I even Train like the cover. Yeah, even like we the need cover we need every song on that on that album is oh. a cracker. I was playing. And, I remember when it came out because I was playing in a band that was not yeah. unlike them, and I just yeah. realised that we were hopeless compared to them. <laughs> re- really, it's so, so Rossi. It's so well arranged. Uh, it really uh, is well put together. Uh, yeah. Frank. So Frank from the Baby Animals is drumming about eighty-one to eighty-three in that band, and then later right. on, Eddie, the bass player from the Baby Animals, joined them as well because they were oh, mates. Man. They grew up together, and so like Frank and Eddie, if you ever saw the Baby Animals, you know that that, that band of like. They're cut above as a rhythm section, right? Yeah, and yeah. I can I can kind of hear it in that in that yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, but it's such a happy pop song. It makes me happy every time I hear it. Yeah, so you that turned you right on. And you, the same with Wayo, the other one, Wayo, 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 Harmonies are great. It's just all perfect. We so need to, and we've spoken we about this before. We need to do a whole show on that album. We do because yeah, it yeah. is just yeah. incredible. And then there's their follow-up albums, not bad either. Yeah, so. yeah so, but then uh, you got what is hurt me, baby? Yeah, hurt yeah. me, baby. And I just love so, the way he sings in an Aussie accent too. <laughs> yeah, but but the pogoing and stuff is very sort of like, oh, oh we're yeah. really a rock and roll band, but we're going to adapt to the new way of things that yeah. are coming on. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, if we're a Venn diagram, we've just found a yeah. nexus point where all three of us intersect. Yeah, that's right. And and he yeah. had such a presence on stage. Yeah, that, he's uh, a, he's yeah. a good, yeah. young Brent, boy. Name was Brent, wasn't it? Brent. Lecar? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, he had such a presence. Yeah, but the, their playing was like they're only young, and their playing was very, very good. Very good, good lead guitar mm. player. Yeah, yeah all of that. Section. I remember seeing the SG and thinking, ah, oh, ACDC inspired bastards. Like interesting, us. Yeah. interesting arrangements. You know, slow bits. Yeah. you know, different little bass but break. Yeah. Vocal harmonies are great. Yeah. Really All right. Good. So we've done uh, two songs. So it's now time for Curly's Who oh, Am I? Oh, oh. <laughs> See if I can do it as well as Braggy. So, right. I was born on the twentieth of December, nineteen fifty-seven. Yep, got Any it. Ideas? Any ideas? <laughs> I was gonna. I was only gonna text you today, Rossi, and say when when Kelly says that first line, let's just say we got it. <laughs> in uh, Barking in Essex, he was. I I I was educated at Northbury Junior School. Yep. And Park Modern Secondary School, and it's no um, uh, surprise that I failed my final year standardised exam. I developed an interest in poetry at the age of 12 when my English teacher chose me to read a poem I had written for a homework assignment. Now, when I read that, I thought, has Braggy done this one already? But no. let's hope not. On a... Um, I had written for a homework assignment on a local radio station. I also put some energy into learning and practicing the guitar with my next door neighbor who called Phil Wig. 
Now, some of my early influences was the faces, the small faces, and, of course, the Rolling Stones. I was also inspired by The Clash during the rise of punk rock and new wave in the late 70s, but I was also exposed to folk music, and I cite Simon and Garfunkel and Bob Dylan as early songwriting influences. That's part one. Any ideas? I'm going to have a guess, but I'm not going to say. Okay. I, I haven't got an idea yet. No. Okay, cool. No. All right, back to you, Braggy. Song number three. Okay. So now I finally get into a band. I'm still at high school, and our first gig is the Pimlico, Pimlico Presents, it was called. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the whole of the school went to the Civic Theatre. Yeah. And I think they still do it because my daughter end up was going there for a while, and they still did Pimlico Presents, although they have their own theatre room in their school now but we used to go to the Civic Theatre and I just remember being so nervous and we learnt three songs to play in my little our little band. We named ourselves Data One D-A-T-A because there was Darren, Andrew, Tave and Andrew. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, ABBA was pretty big at the time so <laughs> it's quite a... no, still from the best, still from the best. Use it as a model. Yeah. So and uh, this song was one the first song we played on the night, and we had them in the palm of our hand straight after this one because it's just yeah. a great song. And you, when you learn it, you think, well, this is pretty easy, it's a few chords, but then you get to the lead break and you realise, hang on, this is a little bit more complex than you realise. How old were you when you started playing guitar? I got my first guitar when I was 10, but I didn't start playing in the bands till I was like 15, mm. 16. I played guitar first. And yeah. then the bass player, it's the usual thing, Rossi, then the bass player left and we couldn't find another one. So I said, I'll play bass and that was it. Yeah. The Did rest is history. Uh, there we go. Thank you. 
Sunny boys, um, Sydney boys, Rotty. No, North Northern New South Wales. Yeah, Kingsford. Oh, okay. Boys. And that record, that can I say, that record was produced by a Queenslander. Ah, oh, there you go, Lobby Lloyd. Oh, Lobby Lloyd. Wow. wow, Lobby Lloyd. Lobby Lloyd did that record and did the demos, and it is just. A masterpiece from start to finish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I forgot to show you this. I've got. I actually brought these along as well. So I got the Tony Joe one. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 And a lot of black and white hey, covers. The boys do. Absolutely. The Sunny Boys, man. You look at Jeremy and just what a. You, you see what a story that is. Yeah, I've seen the yeah. Sunny Boys. What a great story. Yeah. That is. Great Very. Story. Very much a tortured genius, wasn't he? So yeah. I, I remember seeing them around that era again. Another band, like I'd see him, and I was a couple of years younger. And I go, how'd they get that good too? And like I was watching mm. him go, how they afford? Like, like he's playing a pre-L series Strat there, right? Yeah, it's a nineteen early sixties Fender Strat, the white, the, yeah. the the mint pick garden. That was like that would be worth. I, I oh. you could buy a house with that now almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I just forget how'd they get those instruments? How did that happen? They were just mm. that. Good. I, I only saw them once at their peak, and we mm. snuck in the back door at the playroom at Tallarabudco yeah. to to watch them, and mm. uh, they're amazing. But I saw them when they reformed probably five years ago now at Day on the Green. Yeah, and uh, like I, I, you look at uh, Jeremy, and you just think, my God, how good could he have been if he didn't go through all? The, trauma, the dramas that he went through. So mm. just a mm. tortured genius. He's just got this brilliance about him. But mm. oh, Yeah, he's born in an age where that, that sort of thing was undiagnosed, you know. That's yeah. true. Well, he would have been well, born, you know. Yeah. yeah, 20 years later, they would have got onto it much earlier. Yeah. Well, I, Michael like, Peterson, the, the world-class surfer back in the late 70s, was very much the same. He was, he went through that whole mental demons, took to drugs mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he used to say he loved the tubes at Kira because it was the only time that he could be alone. He had wow. all these things really? to do. Yeah. So amazing. But I saw them at the peak of their powers and I remember – thinking they were probably the most dangerous rock and roll band I ever heard. And I still think so. I remember seeing them that night. I reckon just picture it in my mind's eye. They were playing at the Bexley North Hotel in Sydney and they were all dressed in black and they were dynamite. Yeah. Just, dynamite. Something electric about, about them, eh? Oh, and that, and that oh. time, something. Well, you know. Bill, Bill and Peter, the rhythm section, are stellar. And mm. Richard, the guitarist, is, yeah, 
like just a perfect foil for them. But like, I, we, I, I went with Barman. We saw the last show ever at the yeah, in yeah. theater in Sydney, and it was the it was a beautiful experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I worry when I see Jeremy playing in the last few years. I look at him and I think, is this too much pressure for the poor man? You mm. know, but he seemed happy on stage. You know, yeah, he, do, he oh, does seem got, happy. He's so, got great support now. I think uh, Rossi. Oh, you know? yeah. They had the wife, like they had wife and family and everyone. Like it was a backstage yeah. for kids. It was fantastic. It yeah, really yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but it yeah. just yeah, like the pressure of all. Like they were so young and they were just. Yeah. Loaded and the pressure on young people, Amazing. And, and it's about mental health and musicians is a really big tale. It's a really big it is, story. It is. Um, mm. Who else did Richard play for? Richard, well, he went. To, he went to. Um, he went to Canada and was a tour manager, and okay. he, he was in, he was in weddings parties. Anything. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Jeremy was yeah. in. A, there was a band called Chinless Elite as well. Chinless and and the Fishermen as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bill and Peter became the Sparklers, and they had Melanie, yeah. their sister, singing oh, as well. And, yeah. and Chris Ab Abraham's her husband was playing keyboards, and I did monitors for them for a while, and that was pretty cool because I got to see how good Bill and Peter really were, and it was like, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> and, and and Peter's really imposing; he's a big man. Like the Oxleys, yeah. I, I took one of the younger Oxleys out on the road as a lighting guy when I was touring with the Screaming Tribesmen, and. He was a big, imposing guy, and I could tell you some stories, but like, uh, yeah, he was. Wow, he, yeah, the 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 Oxley gene is very strong in that family. They're big men, like giant sized men, terrifying when they're off the chain. I can tell you, <laughs> but I love that song so much. Just like so, you. So, what was it about that song, Braggy? Yeah, well, it's just been. It's just kind of the first song I played live, I guess, but. <laughs> You know, and you but, played lead guitar in that or rhythm. I didn't play lead guitars, played rhythm guitar and sang. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Just, but just, it was a song. Just, yeah, it was a song. It was a, and you think about that. It was a that's that's nineteen eighty. I'm playing that in nineteen eighty two, I guess. It's yeah. almost a hit. It's around the time it was a hit. It's about right? exactly mm. the time it was a hit. Yeah, as we discovered, and that we opened with that too. You know, it's a, so, I was it's discovering. A, uh, you know, I only got into the band obviously, like, like everybody else, is to get girls, yeah. and there I am yeah. playing on stage <laughs> in front of all the schoolgirls. You know, I was like, "Fuck, this is but, <laughs> that, that, that whole album is a, is is an insult." Homage to the, that particular song in, I, I think it's God Bless, isn't it? So he yeah. he, he shared um, some of the lyrics out of the Sunny Boys. The, go. God bless, you, God bless the Sunny Boys. And I have yeah. been told at one stage in the early development period of the Sunny Boys that they auditioned a lead singer to replace Jeremy so he could just play guitar and write songs, but it did not work out. Right. And do you know who that singer might be? Uh, what? you tell us, Rob Younger. Oh, wouldn't that have been interesting? Yeah, well, there's there's Birdman all the way through the Sunny Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my my sources and very good sources have given me that information. I've still got cred. So, so, <laughs> oh, so, massive. So, Mazawak, Mazawak would have had another bone to pick with someone. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh, Mazowak's come up in every song so far. <laughs> well, you know, like it, it 
like, but that's the thing. Like, they they did have a bit of Birdman in them, and that's the Queensland. Mm, like, yeah, that, yeah, that Kingscliff. Yeah, like what a what a but, band. But band. everyone from that era, you know, had a kind of bit of Birdman in them. Didn't yeah, they? Well, one of my one of my favourite Sunny Boy songs is Happy um Happy Man. Happy Man. Man. Yeah, Happy Man. Yeah. So oh. isn't that just a typical sort of depressed sort of male? Because I'm a happy male. man, yeah. yeah. But I like I, I was I've it's I've got a Spotify playlist as everyone does, and the Sunny Boys come up through it all the time. And that first album, it's full of it. And you like I can't talk to you. All the songs on that record, uh, Gary, you're listening right. to the lyrics, yeah. and the lyrics are just so poignant for yes. Australian men. It just it's on a picture point. of Australia. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Such I a great. Need, song I need a pick. friend. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, of that. Yeah. And it had a had an eloquent turn of phrase, Jeremy. Still does, but yeah, yeah it's an eloquent turn of phrase and an honesty. Genius. Honesty okay, is the whole We're gonna skip forward quite a quite a few years now. Because so you're I'm, establishing yourself as a muso and you yeah, you're now playing, going... boring, playing boring cover bands, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> um the reason I picked this one is because I met this girl, Yvette, and I married her, and we bought a house. We actually bought her father's house, and at that time, she was managing uh, like a wine bar that was downstairs to the pub where I was playing. So both of us were like getting home at three in the morning. So essentially, you married a girl who ran a pub. (laughs) Yeah. Living the dream. Living the dream. She was a barmaid when I met her, Rossi. (laughs) She was a barmaid. She's well been able she's able to four pots of beer. A, a pot is a ten ounce, by the way, Rossi. Oh, <laughs> it's like a beer except smaller. <laughs> she can hold four pots in one hand and and pour them. And she's a, only a little girl. She was excellent barmaid. Wow, excellent wife. Lovely. I love her to death. Anyway, yeah. we're both working at the same pub, so we we I'd get home a bit earlier because she'd have to stay and finish the till. So it'd be like three in the morning. And they'd have other bands there in one of the other rooms. And one night, I think it was Things of Stone and Wood or someone like that oh, played. Yeah. And the guy who was the tour manager or whoever, I think I think they were a Sony artist. I'm trying mm. to remember. Anyway, he he was handing out CDs from these up-and-coming Sony artists. And Yvette brought them home. And one of them was this new young fella called Jeff Buckley. Yeah. And we we'd had the record of his dad at home, and we loved that record. And Yvette said, "Oh, this is that son of the of Tim Buckley." Oh, okay. And I remember us at three o'clock in the morning putting that on after we'd both been working at night. And I I I, I don't think I'd ever heard a song for the first time that it affected me so so much. So this is Jeff Buckley, the last goodbye. But and it, it's a breakup song, and you know how someone will make a hang on curly you know how someone will mm. make a, a breakup album and they'll mm. there'll be a song from every emotion of a breakup you know like anger sadness you know i i feel in this song every single emotion is in it from the start to the finish it's just yeah. it's almost three, a perfect, it's almost a perfect song for me 3 a.m is the perfect time to hear it for the first time too oh yeah correct mm.
Imagining you in a bed at three o'clock listening to that for the first time, mate. And then we would just play it over and over and over and dance around the room to that that whole album. Yeah. It just brings me back. I'm right there when I every time I hear that song. Floors right. ripped up all the carpet on the floors, and it was just yeah, I remember that. Anyway. I get in trouble I get in trouble at home for not not respecting that album and that performer enough. Fair I get enough. I get lectured yeah. about it. I get told how I'm wrong because I don't enough. like him enough. Yeah. Well, right. good songwriters always include a little Jeff Buckley in them, don't they, Craig? Oh. oh, look, it's just incredible, the gymnastics in it. And I don't know if you listen in that middle part there, There's <sighs> the, the strings come in and it's kind of like an Eastern size scale. Mm, the that he vocal does performance. The vo- vocal, yeah, vocal's incredible. It's just a very emotional song for me. I don't know why. I've never ha- gone through a breakup like that. <laughs> But I just feel <laughs> the emotion in that song, you know. Yeah, I can Gets imagine. Me every time. I can imagine. Yeah, got me right. All right. Man. That's so cool. Yeah. Part two. So we've um, talked about some early influences, where he went to school, and who his next door neighbor was primarily. So 
Um, I filmed my first band in 1977, which was a punk rock, pub rock band called Riff Raff. My first single was recorded in 78 on an independent label and it did not receive wide exposure. After a period of gigging in Northamptonshire and London, we split up in 1989. I took a series of odd jobs, and which included working at Guy Norris's record shop in, the, in, in Breaking High Street. Now, in 1981, disillusioned with my stalled music career, I joined the British Army as a recruit destined for the Queen's Royal Irish Hussins of the Royal Armoured Corps. However, after completing three months of basic training, I bought myself out for £175 and returned home. Oh, I'm not sure. Rossi seems like he's got it. But then Rossi is a fucking genius. No, no, it's not that. It's It's not that. It's, yeah, I have seen this chap. Uh, I've seen him too. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm and, struggle. and all the big hints are in part three, Braggy. So, yeah, that's how they should be, mate. You, you're doing <laughs> it perfectly in the format. You're You'll get him. You're You'll get it. Your You'll get it. Job. You'll get him once I okay. start talking some of the key ones, right? I, I want to hear song five because I've enjoyed the other four so far. So, much. yeah, absolutely. This last one I chose because I'm a big lyrics person but i didn't become lyrics kind of guy till later on i think when you get older you start to put a bit more emphasis on the lyrics so this song is a song by leonard cohen but it's not performed by leonard cohen it's performed by another guy you'll see because i don't think actually i think he's kind of like dylan in some ways other people do their songs better you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um this is such a simple as far as as far as lyrics go, as far as poetry goes, it's a simple song. It's, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Three verses, three choruses. All the choruses are the same. All the verses are just four lines with the with the last word rhyming every time. So it's as simple as you can get. Right. And I, I just before we play this, I just want to read part one of these verses to see. Because Leonard Cohen, sometimes he would agonize for months over one line you know he would just that's how much emphasis he put on the thing and so this is a song about lost love and the middle verse it's four lines right i and curly you should use these when you do the last you know the the last thing you do lyrics (laughs) i choose the rooms that i live in with care like he, he there's no other there's no word you can take out of that or put into that. That's just that's just the perfect amount of words. The windows are small and the walls are bare, so straight away you get a sense of being alone. Yeah, mm. there's only one bed. Now he could have said there's only one chair. Obviously, that's the obviously one, but he doesn't. He says there's only one bed. There's only one prayer. And then I listen each night for your step on the stair. That, to me, that's just genius. I don't know if you guys think the same, but. It's four simple lines, but they just create such a picture. Hmm. 
Sometimes I find I get to thinking of the past And we swore to each other that our love would last You kept right on loving and I went on fast Now I am too thin But I know when you're I and I know when you smile that tonight will be fine, will be fine, will be fine. sort of a fan but that's quite haunting Raggy. yeah even the last verses brings it all home too but yeah i just uh, i wish we could play it all no, that's otherwise. fine mate that's fine the yeah. people will listen to it so that's fine. please check out the links will be in the show notes everyone because that is really quite a haunting song mate what struck me is the influence of the phrasing on springsteen yeah i can hear Eras of Springsteen's vocal phrasing and lyrical turn of phrase out of yeah. that. You know, I've never picked really that up, that. Probably, but I think you're right. Yeah, I've never picked that up. But yeah. Yeah, but it could have been Teddy Thompson's performance as well. But like, Yeah, well, uh, yeah. there's a connection there, I think, uh, with Teddy Thompson because I, oh, I could be wrong, but I think he might have he, – he connects somewhere with uh, Leonard Cohen. I'm not sure how. Mm. Uh, but like, yeah, that's – but like – the lyrics, like, yeah, good sub-editing, as we know, is, yeah, if you if, if you can take a word out and it, cha- and it changes the meaning that it doesn't belong there, and he's gone through and made sure that there's no superfluous words. There's nothing, there's nothing too it much. It's exactly the right amount of words. I'd compare, uh, yeah. and I could be talking out of my ass, but to me that's just as good as, um, you know, Byron or any of those classic poets mm. from that. You know, they use bigger and different words, but to convey a, a message and a, a put a picture in your head. And that's what it, they did. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I've, I hadn't listened to that before, and that was really great. Really, really yeah. great. Hmm. Braggy, great five songs, mate. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really and it, good. And you can see how, though, the music that you've been exposed to has shaped you as a person and as a musician. So hmm. would you the be journey. game enough to do that song live? I, 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 I can play that one around the around the barbecue. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one it? for that sort of thing when everyone's had a few drinks and everyone's a bit quiet and <laughs> sing the song, Braggy, sing the song. I'll pull that one out yeah. then, you know. But I can see how you've ended up where you are now. Okay, cool. Okay. But yeah, the boys to there is a journey, oh, right? Yeah. 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 But I love it all. That's why it's so hard, isn't it? I mean, you, yeah, it is. you guys have both done it. It's impossible, really, you mm. know, to, to pick five songs, to narrow. As someone who's been into music uh, their whole life, it's impossible uh, to narrow it. To if five. I did it tomorrow, it would be a different five. Yeah, me too. Like my, <laughs> my favourite albums change every freaking day or every, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and some hang around. Depending on the way you look at it as well, is always a, a um, something different, isn't it? So, and you're still you know. still discovering stuff. Like on this show, you know, people come on and you go, "Fuck!" No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. We're still loving Lizzie Jack and the Beanstalks. Oh. <laughs> I saw the yeah, yours and Owls. I saw the festival they were playing the yours and Owls thing in Wollongong, and it looked massive. So it'd be interesting to see if they're there. But I, I get a feeling that their eyes would be doing this after they got to get to Sydney. They got to get to yeah, Sydney. They really do. They got to do it. They do. Got to get their music out. So, yeah. all right, part three. This is it. This is the one that um, hopefully will turn it home for Braggy. So, in. So I'm going to go back a little bit in time. In 1978, April, I attended Rock Against Racism, which was the first time I really stepped into the world of music as it's used for political activism. The experience of the gig and the preceding march helped shape my left-wing politics, having previously okay. turned a blind eye <laughs> to casual racism. After leaving the um uh, army... I got it, yeah. I I peroxided my hair to mark a new phase in my life and began performing frequent concerts and busking around under the name of Spy versus Spy after the strip in Mad Magazine. My demo tape initially got no response, but by pretending to be a television repairman, I got into the office of Charisma Records A&R man Peter Jenner. He liked the tape. And Life's a Riot with Spy vs. Spy was the ultimate release. And this 12-inch EP was unconventionally cut to play at 45 RPM. Though never released as a single, I am perhaps best known for a song, A New England, which increased in fame as it was recorded by Christy McColl and became a top 10 UK hit in 1985 after her untimely death. I've continued singing the additional verse that she added to honour her. My discography covers more than 12 albums and I'm best known for the political activist bent of my songwriting. My politics were honed by the Conservative Party's 144-seat majority landslide at the 1983 general election. Um, I told my biographer by 1983, the scales had fallen from my eyes. My record label boss, Andy McDonald, observed that my live presence on stage took on more of an avenging angel. 
I was at the forefront of music's influence on the 84 minor strike and played many benefit gigs in towns close to the coalfield, such as Newport and Sunderland. My albums include Talking with the Taxman about Poetry, Workers' Playtime, Don't Try This at Home, and The Million Things That Didn't Happen. I am... It's my brother. Yeah, the other braggy. It's the other braggy, isn't it? Billy Bragg. <laughs> well done, Curly. That was good. Billy was Bragg. Really good. <laughs> I never knew the army story, hey. So no, and he pulled no, his I way out of the army. That's interesting. I, know that. I saw no. it with Wilco when he was out here with Wilco. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Made funny, you know. Uh, in the rail motor, we call each other by our middle names, and my middle name's William, so I'm Billy. And that had absolutely no influence on my yeah. own Billy. <laughs> Well done, Curly. I was thinking of um, someone that could do a little bit different and I might stump Braggy for a bit. So I did for a little bit, but as soon as I said political activist, bang, straight onto it. The left wing political folk. There's no one else. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to know that one. Yeah, 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 I think you got it early too. Yeah, yeah my, I'd have to hand in my card if I got <laughs> <laughs> All right, it has been oh, great. Really. It's been a great show, Braggy. Thanks for your five songs no of meaning. Rossi, it's always good to get back. And maybe, maybe one day, because you've got this tight um, connection with the psychotic turnbuckles, maybe we might... Um, Get Jesse on and challenge him on on online or something. I don't know how would that work. Do you think that, that, that terrifies me? To be frank, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think more people need to learn about the uh, psychotic term buckles. So um, we finished uh, last week's show with uh, the crusher by the psychotic term buckles, and I don't have lyrics. Once again, I've just totally unprepared. So. I think I'll put another turnbuckle song at the end of this just so people can start learning more about the psychotic turnbuckles. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode, God help you. No, no, if you have enjoyed this episode, (laughs) please like, subscribe and leave a review. We're on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. We've got our website at unfilteredundiscovered.com. The songs that Braggy shared with us tonight will be added to our Spotify playlist just to a search for Unfiltered, Undiscovered. Um, I have lost count of the amount of songs that we're at. but it's, no, we're, uh, we're going for hours now, not amount of songs. We are going for hours. We're going to hit the 24-hour mark very soon. <laughs> um, and once again, I just don't have lyrics, but you'll be listening to the psychotic turnbuckles once we sign ourselves off. Thanks, Rossi. Thanks, Braggy. It's been great Thanks, having you back. I wasn't feeling a bit tired before this tonight, but uh, I've been re-energized. So. Have we got something for next week uh, that we can tell the listeners, Curly, or it's going to be a surprise? It might be something like this. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? See you all again next week. Bye. There, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Come on, baby. Take a trip with